When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and good evening. It's another edition of Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily. And as you can see, it's an edition where I'm flanked by the man himself, the true Hill Heat godfather, pioneer. You heard me. There he is. SP3. He's got about 19 other monikers these days. You know, he's the the, the special counsel to the ethnic celebrity. I don't even have whatever, right? Like, he's got a lot. But either way, he's in the house, Wrestling Daily Zone, SB3. How are you, man? I, I want to be known on Wednesdays as one half of the Daily Boys because it's Wednesday and you know what that means. I am here with my brother from an Irish mother, Alex McCarthy, SP3. The Daily Boys are here and we're here to talk about some professional wrestling. We have congratulations to send out. We're going to talk about NXT. Maybe we'll preview Dynamite. We got to go all over the wrestling world. And of course, we're going to end it off with a debate. So hello to all the good eggs out there. As we always like to do on a Wednesday, uh, you know, I'm sure we're going to get stuck into... A little bit about on the on the heels of the WWE releases, we've got Tay Conti, who is going for a world title tonight in AEW. I spoke this week to Deonna Perazzo, who's been killing it in Impact, is also the Knockouts champion. That's two cases right there that you have to look at and say, hmm, maybe they could have had more in WWE. Uh, but I think the debate today, after the Stone Cold documentary, we're going to debate a little bit about just where he sits because I, I mean it's not so much of a debate as a discussion because you'd be an absolute lunatic to say he was anything but one of the greatest but we're yeah. going to try and put exactly where and how profound Stone Cold's impact is because uh, and this is what I was trying to verbalize on Twitter today like, like like everybody knows that Stone Cold is like one of the goats right he's he's up there it was an amazing period but like when you lived it, right, like that actual period of time, I can't like de describe or pontificate just exactly how electric it was. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like that level of electricity that Stone Cold and then once the rock came as well, it was just ridiculous. But that hotness, the closest thing I've felt to that in recent years is obviously Becky. And I saw somebody today on, on Twitter say, no one's ever going to be like Stone Cold and The Rock again, like in our lifetime, probably, which is probably true. Probably true. 
And I saw somebody say, I feel like Becky and, and Sasha are close. I was like, no, they're not. They are not. Like, as in today's climate, like, they are, you know, get me wrong, they're awesome on many levels. But let us explain to you later on why those two, and particularly Stone Cold, are so special. Like, uh, it's just a, it, it was a treat to watch that documentary. Did you get a chance, SP3? Yeah, we actually did a review on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. It was uh, honestly, we're, we're gonna we're gonna get deep dive into it, but it's one of the best documentaries that I've seen in a while. It's it's in the good territory. It could have been like in the great territory if they yes. if they talked about certain things, but it was definitely really really good. Yeah, they left some of his personal life stuff out that I saw Dave Meltzer was very critical yeah. about, and you know I'm not gonna go against Dave there. They, yeah. It was like they chose to leave that uh, out. I, I was more critical of one I felt very important feud in his career that was just brushed over. Dave Staying kind of, over, Bret yeah, Hart. Oh, my God. I, I literally went on a full rant. You could see it on the trio YouTube channel. <laughs> I was like, how do you forget Bret? Like, they acted like he didn't exist. He they literally didn't... just had the shot of him with the bleeding face. They didn't even acknowledge how significant it was or that it was the double turn. And, that, you know, none of that. It was just like, yeah, anyway. So I started picking up some steam. Hey, what like, do you mean? It, no, but it was like, it was when they got to the Austin and Vince part. Like they talked about Vince becoming Mr. McMahon. Like Brett wasn't the most important part of that. Like they acted like he didn't exist. That was my, the biggest omission for me. Like as far as, as his wrestling career. Yes, I agree with Dave. They probably should have touched on his personal life a little bit more, but we got more than we ever got before from Austin on the personal life. So at least there was that. It was the Brett part that really bothered me the most. Yeah, I will agree. Like you said though, I did, I did like the, um the aspect of where like you know like how it was draining him behind the scenes and stuff like yeah. that was kind of cool to to break down but yeah anyway we will get into austin towards the end of the show uh what i would like to say at this point give us your ultra chats guys obviously we had the phone in yesterday so we didn't really do ultra chats because you can come on the show but today sp3 and i are in the house please give us your ultra chats give us your opinions give us your takes whether it be the Lord and Savior. I'll say it for you, SB3. Ronda Rousey. Uh, looks like her return is not anytime soon. Uh, and also, we've got other news to tuck into on the WWE front. We're going to talk Stone Cold, NXT, AEW. Guys, get into us. Let us know what you think. Help us steer the conversation. Uh, and while you're here, thumbs up subscribe you know what to do help wrestling daily we're at 10.2 now we're moving along nicely in the subscriber front i'm very happy and as i said there will be a video coming to you in the next week or two with what we're going to do when we get to 15k i think to give the tiniest of teases oh god i would have given it away (laughs) fans of wrestle talk as a whole will be very, very happy. That's much, that is as much as I will say. And speaking of things that make me happy, SP3, speaking of things that make me elated and in no way am I stalling for time while I find the picture I'm looking for, it is, yeah, the good egg t-shirt. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> as famously seen on the good egg championship belt with WrestleScope. Uh, that is the Good Egg T-shirt. Of course, this is the Wrestling Daily merch as well. Speaking of WrestleScope, I mean, this has become... He is like our unofficial model at this stage. 
Um, look at it. The, the reason I do both those pictures, then this, because it's got both. Look at exactly. it. It's got both. <laughs> uh it, it's tremendous stuff guys i know the mods are on this oh, of course they are i i, I literally click back to the chat bang but <laughs> they know that is where you can get your merch join us you want to be a model like WrestleScope? you want to support the good egg movement come on down give it to us we would love that um so please guys uh you want to get merch you want to get involved on the ultra chat Anything you want to do to be involved in the Good Egg community, you are more than welcome to do so. That is the heart and soul of this show, SP3. Um, and with that, should we get into the titular news? Of course. I, I think everybody knows I've been wanting to talk about this all day. <laughs> you creep. You good-for-nothing creep. <laughs> Yeah, not that you're excited about pregnancy in general, but the topic of Ronda Rousey, let's get into it, SP3. Uh, on, on her YouTube channel today, she made a significant announcement. Yes, her and Travis, her husband, are welcoming a child into the world. Yes, the UFC Hall of Famer, the baddest woman on the planet. And yes, I can say it just once. I, I made a compromise. I said I would say it just once. All no. no, you did it. Marty Ronda Rousey. She is going to bring a child into this world. So, I, I yes, I, I'm not going to say she's our Lord and Savior anymore because now she's Virgin Mary. She's delivering a Lord and Savior into this world. Can so, she is, she is the Virgin Mary of professional wrestling and MMA. Rowdy, Ronda Rousey. If you watch the Entourage film, she is not the Virgin Mary. She offers it to Turtle, Turtle on a plate. Uh, well, not on a plate. He has to he has to beat her up, basically. Anyway, um, can we just quickly relay the story to get you out of trouble? Why you cannot call Ronda Rousey the Lord and Savior anymore? Guys in the chat, help SB3 out here because his missus has banned him from using that moniker. Banned! Gone. That's why Ronda Rousey is now the Virgin Mary. She like one of the best best rivalries in 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 my mind is my wife and Ronda Rousey. Like she knows that I'm a big fan of Ronda Rousey, and she's not a big fan of Ronda Rousey. She's on Team Becky. I'm Team Ronda. So we, we always have this little beef, this little rivalry. So I'm probably not going to be talked to for the rest of the week because I refer to her <laughs> as our Lord and Savior. But now, now she is the Virgin Mary. She is the Mary, the Mary Magdalene of professional wrestling. Hey, uh, Forgotten Wonders, Ubrex, slow your roll. There is a lot to talk about here. Uh, is there much to say here? The woman is pregnant. Okay, yes, but she's four months pregnant. And it was just Nick Khan, not even a month ago, saying her return was imminent. We've got stuff to talk about, Forgotten Wonders. All right? Trust the process. This is Philly here. This is the 76ers of YouTube. Trust it. Um, that's a terrible comparison. I don't want to be the 76ers. Anyway. Um, <laughs> you're, LeBron, you're LeBron, I'm AD. Come sure. <laughs> you know, Pelinica's just brought us in. There you go. Um, by the way, before I get moving anymore, I, I don't know if there's any gamers in our live chat. Um, So Call of Duty Warzone, which I'm huge on, apparently they're dropping the new map like now. 
Can anyone verify this for me? Can anyone in the chat tell me what's going on with the Call of Duty map? Because I'm dedicated and not on it right now. Um, and I'm having to wait till nine. Am I wrong? Or is that happening? I don't know. Um, are you a bit of a gamer, SP3? Uh, a little bit. I'm more into the sports games. I'm a 2K head, stuff like that. Like that, the Call of Duty, it's been a while since Call of Duty, Modern Warfare. I was into that uh, type of stuff years ago, years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, my, I, I made a uh, NBA 2K GM mode, right? With the Bulls. I was like, I'm going to make the Bulls great again. And I've got, I'm about five years in. I've got Donovan Mitchell and I've got Anthony Davis brought him back to Chi-Town. Um, but he's he's like regressed to like an 86. So I just stopped playing it. I was like, nah, they're cheating. They're cheating. I don't like it. Um, anyway, back to Ronda Rousey. Uh, it's just, I don't know if she kept WWE in the loop then or if they, you know, not that she has to. I mean, she does, I guess, if she was under contract. But um she technically isn't now if the three-year deal lapsed yeah um which it did at wrestlemania so i guess she doesn't have to let them know but they were obviously working under the impression and telling investors and such that oh yep she'll be back soon don't worry about it hmm but she isn't so um yeah it's interesting that that development because becky lynch you would assume does come back this year ronda rousey i mean the baby's due in september so ostensibly speaking, she could be at WrestleMania if she really wanted to be. I just, I don't feel it. I've, I haven't felt all along really that she, you know, has been gagging to come back. I'm sure she will one day. What I'm saying is my hopes for WrestleMania 38, just what we were talking about last week. I, I, I'm now putting that in the doubtful column for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's looking doubtful that she returns even before WrestleMania or by WrestleMania, I don't see uh, that happening. I think that this is what she left for. You know, it took two years to kind of get there, but this is what she wanted the entire time. I think that it's it's something great in her life. You know, having just had kids myself, it's a great experience and it makes you kind of think about your whole life. And if it is important to even go back to WWE, you wanted to do a run in WWE, you did it. You were the the top like star for a period of time. You were their biggest star for sure uh, during your whole year run. You won the Raw Women's Championship. You became one of the first women to main event WrestleMania. What is there really for you to accomplish? Do you really want to have a WrestleMania match with Becky Lynch? Or is this something that us fans want more than she does? It's kind of going to put all of that into perspective for her with makes it possible for her not to come back so that is my little my little love letter to my wife that yes it is now possible <laughs> that 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 ronda rousey ronda rousey never comes back to wwe i love you and i'm sorry <laughs> i have to imagine though that there is things that would interest her about coming back. i mean i i assume a match with becky lynch does interest her because it's a money match right you're gonna get paid yeah I mean that that is the really the the essence there. Like that's got to be the attraction. It would be a huge match. The four horsewomen versus four horsewomen. Like I know that's another like fan dream more than anything else because it would be really hard to put together storyline wise. I think um, just making it all a line up on the black. I mean they probably wouldn't yeah. make it all line up. They would just do it. But um, if they did, I imagine that would be attractive to Ronda as well. So I think there's a few like that that. That would be great for her. Does she? Is she going to do it full time again? I, I sincerely doubt. I, I think she had that year. Thank you very much. Off I go. 
Um, but whatever she wants to do, man, like in terms of, I think she'll get the itch eventually. She's still like early to mid thirties. Um, having a baby is cool. Uh, it'll be great, but I, I do. Th- and she's, she's achieved a hell of a lot, but I do feel like Vince will be on that phone. He'll be saying, look, you know, you and Becky, I don't think you'll be next WrestleMania now, but I, I could see it potentially being Hollywood. And if depending when Roman and rock does happen, which I sneakily suspect is next year, I would say, Ronda and Becky could could main event that. They easily could. So it's sure. very interesting. It's very interesting. Uh, also, someone says here, Candice Payne. Alex, you work at TalkSport. I do. Uh, whatever happened to the founder of wrestling on TalkSport, Tommy Boyd? Um, was he the founder? No, you're right, though. He did have the show, he did have the show with Alex Shane. Um, I don't know, is the honest truth. Don't know what happened to him. They had the show about 20 years ago, which is mental now that I'm saying it out loud. But uh, I think it was about the year 2000 they had that. And that was kind of like the 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 whole allure of having me and Alex Shane, right? It was like one foot from the past. Oh, we're bringing it back to life. Yeah. Obviously, obviously that didn't end well um, with all the allegations made against Alex Shane. So he was moved on. Will Gavin came in. Um, luckily the show survived, which I'm delighted about, of course. Um, but yeah, the, the original incarnation, people still tell us about that all the time, like talk wrestling back in the day. So I think it's actually really cool that we've rebooted the show and it's our own, Yeah, but it still has like the lineage of talk sports. So I think it's very cool to say it, it's almost better than saying we bought it from scratch was like, we revitalized it after two decades. Like, that's how long TalkSport were like, no, we don't need that. And then we showed them that they do, which is really, really fulfilling. Um, on that note, the podcast for Talk Wrestling and stuff is out at the moment, guys. Uh, it's going great. I've loved all the downloads and all the feedback. Please get involved. Get involved. Um, thank you for that question, Carnage Pain. Um, let's move along to CM Punk. Um, I'm going to read verbatim what CM Punk said to Justin Barrasso of Sports Illustrated recently. And you're going to find it hard to disagree. Uh, So this is basically, uh, he commented on why he's not interested in returning to WWE. I've said no before in interviews. I'm not fishing for a deal. I get offered to do stuff a lot and I say no to 90% of it, but just because my thing is I need to work with quality human beings. I mean, that that in itself is a statement. It just seems like maybe pro wrestling, there is a lack of quality human beings. I don't know. I like doing fun quality projects. If there is a fun quality wrestling project that gets sent my way, I will listen to it. So, I mean, Punk, just every time he speaks, the, the margin for what he would actually do is just get slimmer and slimmer. Like, I don't know what proposal it would actually take. Um, he says, I don't need the money. And the way the wrestling business is now, it's wacky. You've got WWE, who has multiple billion-dollar television deals, and the television's awful. I'll repeat that. And the television is awful. I go back there, I'm just another guy. And it's not even that. I'd be just another guy that's doing not good television. I want to do stuff that's good. I want my name attached to quality projects where it's fun. It makes people laugh, smile, think, and people don't hate watching it. I want to do fun stuff. 
meow that's a um yeah i don't even feel like he's intentionally like like shooting or like trying to cut them down he's just being straight up i don't take that as as shots fired per se right you know what i mean like i feel like he's just anyone in this chat right now or watching this show you would do very well to argue with what cm punk is saying i think um I think SmackDown's a good show, personally. But when it comes to Raw, if we're going to, like, centralise it to that, it is not a good product right now. I, don't, I mean, I thought even the wrestlers would struggle to defend it, I think. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah. Um, I think I think SmackDown though it's carried by Roman. Like yeah. Rome, Roman you is take the him own, out. yeah. You take you take out Roman and we're just seeing you know Street Profits versus Dirty Dogs number thirty seven. We're seeing Mysterios versus Alphas in some type of combination. <laughs> we're gonna see Apollo and Big E like we have for the last couple of months. And you know Bianca and Sasha are there. They're interesting. But then you got the third, the third best woman on the roster. They can't even find a match for her on most pay-per-views nah. and Bailey. So it's like, yeah, there's a struggle with the especially the main roster. And even when you look at something like NXT, NXT has good wrestling, but there's no stories that really get you to really come back, that really intrigue you, that's really compelling, unless you're really into Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell staring at each other. So it's just <laughs> like, yeah, I understand where he's coming from. Really, when you look at the entire WWE roster, there's Roman Reigns and there's everybody else. He's the only one that feels like a legitimate star right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I do agree. Um, I, I, and this this will lead into the chat we're going to have later on about Stone Cold Steve Austin and like having a pillar of a show to build around and all of that good stuff. Um, Roman is 
right now, and again, loads of people would have gone mad about this a couple of years ago, but he is like the pillar in WWE. He is the focal point. He's the best part of it. Um, Seth Rollins is another great player to have on SmackDown at their disposal. I do think they have better pieces than Raw, and that's that's not to say they have better talent, right? Like, Raw has great talent. I just mean they've got the right people in the right spots on SmackDown. You know, uh, it, it's the women as well, um, they haven't been utilised well on Raw. We've, we've all known that the three-hour handicap is a big thing as well. Like, we've known that for a long time. But if you just centralise the discussion down to what CM Punk is saying, the TV product is not as exciting as it once was. Dynamite is more exciting. And yeah. I, I, I've i got this WWE fan who keeps coming into my DMs every time I say anything nice about AEW recently, but I will not be deterred. They actually have like, you know, ongoing storylines and developments. And I mean, it's not, it's not perfect by any stretch. You know, I saw Sting do the same thing about 17 weeks in a row before his debut. But um, at the same time, like for WWE, they just have rematch after rematch after rematch. It's just, there isn't a, a major story that's like threading through the show, whether it be when we had the McMahon Helmsley faction, right? Like back in the day when they were like, you know, running rod shot over the show and it influenced everyone else. And it all led back to the big payoff. Foley's fired revolt, all of that great stuff. Um, Austin McMahon turning Hill and two man power trip. Like that, that the, there's just, there is a litany, right? of ways that you can make it filter through a show where you can have main protagonists, whatever antagonists, but WWE is, it's just my personal opinion. I just feel like it's kind of sleepwalking a little bit. And I, I don't, I don't have the, the magic answer, but again, there's a lot about SmackDown. I love still love NXT, which we'll get on into in a minute. And there's a lot of talent on Raw. I love, but that show if you miss it, what do you miss? Like, honestly, nothing. You miss what you what you missed last week. If you if you didn't watch last week, you pretty much got the same episode this past week. So I definitely understand where Punk's coming from. I understand where you're coming from, and I other I understand his other point of if he came back, he would feel like just another guy. How many times have we had someone come back that we're very excited for? And then after a couple of weeks, they feel like everybody else. Like the best example of that is Batista in 2014. Like that literally made WWE have to change their WrestleMania main event because he came back. He felt like just another guy. They pushed him the wrong way or pushed him too much. And they had to reverse the course. And it seems like this happens every single time. Someone like Edge, who just came back at the Royal Rumble, he feels like he's just another guy again. He doesn't he doesn't feel like he's this legend and this Hall of Famer. Yes, he feels like it when, you know, Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns are bigging him up when he's involved in that storyline, but mm-hmm. if he's just coming out and he's not really engaged into a storyline, he feels like just another guy out there. And it's kind of sad that that's the that's how WWE treats everybody. They don't want anybody to feel bigger than WWE as a whole as a company. Roman Reigns luckily has had some type of leeway, some type of pull along with Roman with uh, Paul Heyman to make him look like a legitimate star above everybody else. But when you look at the past three years, it's been really bad television on Raw and SmackDown overall. And the only stars that really feel like legitimate stars have been Roman, Brock, and Goldberg for a period of time, unfortunately. So, yeah. Wow. Um. <laughs> I mean, obviously, Becky, before she left, 
Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I was just talking about the males. So yeah, Becky, sure, Sasha, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely, they did. Um, but I mean, you wonder if they're like almost allowing Roman to be built up for where they want it to go because it's going to be The Rock. Like if, if, we all assume that. Yeah. Um, man. Uh, interesting. Let's get on to NXT. And uh, before we do that, we'll take a couple of ultra chats that are not NXT related. Matty says, hello, Alex and Sid. He loves using your shoot name. How are you? I am good. I'm doing well. <laughs> Congrats to Ronda Rousey, but I feel Sid's wife is eventually winning this rivalry. I mean, yeah, <laughs> she is. She, she is in that house. I'll tell you that. And and she's still with WWE and Ronda isn't. So she wins. There you go. That is that's the winner right there. Um AEW, uh, we've got some stuff over here from Matthew McCoskey. Hello, guys. I'm super happy because my girlfriend, who is a wrestling fan, isn't working tonight and said she would give Dynamite a try. I'm praying she loves it and becomes a fan. We'll provide an update tomorrow. Dynamite predictions in the next Ultra Chat, uh, which we will move on to now. But very cool. Um, let, let us know how that goes. I've I've tried to make my missus watch it. just doesn't work um matthew mccossie goes on to say super excited for shida conti darby jungle boy uh kenny bucks good brother stuff can't wait for hangman versus ricky and hobbs versus christian and finally crazy prediction rich swan needs to show up and attack kenny i don't think that's a crazy prediction at all it's the last possible show before rebellion which goes down this weekend it would make all the sense in the world to me if Rich Swan was to do that because it's all been one-way traffic thus far. Um, and I would like to believe that Rich Swan can win because right now, as talented as he is, and he is, I don't get the feeling like he's being positioned or even... And Kenny tried his best, by the way, uh, in the press conference to make him viable. I, I just feel like it's all about Kenny. Yeah. Yeah, it really, it really is. And great work on the press conference. I saw that. I watched the full press conference the other day. I, I marked out for you. Uh, but yes, <laughs> uh, they, they tried their best to make it look like both guys have the chance to win. Uh, you know, Tony Khan and Scott Demore guaranteeing that there is going to be a winner and that uh, Rich Swan is, is supposed to come on dynamite if he is the AEW champion. But Let's be realistic. They they have not made us doubt that Kenny Omega's winning this match. Only mm. one guy has talked about collecting belts. Only one guy has been on the other guy's show consistently. And he set up a, a couple of different feuds with like Moose, Eddie Edwards, you know, Willie Mack. So Kenny Omega it just makes sense for him to win the championship on, on Sunday. So yes, I do hope that Rich Juan shows up. Or they at least just do a video package like hyping up the match because they do need some type of hype on Dynamite to make AEW fans go and watch this match because it is supposed to be this historic and biggest match in Impact Wrestling history. By AEW just devoting a couple of minutes to it with the video package, it makes it feel bigger. Yeah, it absolutely does. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I just see Kenny winning um i must say it yeah sp3 mentioned it for those who don't know so i was i like they impact reached out you send in a video question for the press conference um so i've been a part of that and the nxt one now which is really really cool like just to 
just I don't know, like in a weird way, like when you're, you know, obviously fans at heart, right? Like to imagine being on a wrestling show in any way was is weird, right? But like very cool. I was, I, I like said to my my missus didn't care, but I was like, look, I'm on the network forever, and she was just like. <laughs> that what does that even mean um so yeah like oh, man i'd love to do more stuff like that i really would like i don't know how you do this but like a goal of mine is to when nxt uk do finally have takeovers again i want to be on that like pre-show panel like that's probably that might sound far-fetched to guys right now but like why not Barstool Barstool sports have got guys on the nxt one right yeah. Yeah, it's true. Why not? Like, as far as, like, you know, UK goes or whatever, let me in. Let me in. <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't even know who I lobby to to make that happen, but I'm going to. I'm going to try and push for it. Um, I just think that's cool. Anyway, um, so let's move into NXT. And, uh, and this is another good point at the halfway point to remind you guys, please send in your ultra chats, be it NXT, Stone Cold Steve Austin, get them to us. We would love to discuss your points. Um, on that point, by the way, of Matthew McCoskey talking about um, Dynamite tonight. Let's go take Conti. I said it. I don't mind if Sheeta drops. I don't think she will, but I don't mind if Sheeta drops it. I've said it. Hey, I mean, they've been building up Tay Conte. I feel like she's one of their stars on the rise in the women's division. She's she's not exactly Jay Cargill, but she's right behind Jay Cargill as far as like their stars on the rise right now. They've yeah. done a great job of really making her feel like a legitimate contender. So I I would be shocked if she did win, but I would be happy because she's earned it. Yeah. Absolutely with that. Right, now let's talk about NXT. The show opens with Cool Kyle, apparently. Um, I get they're establishing him, right? Let, let's get that out of, the, out of the way. Like It's all about where Kyle goes from the Adam Cole feud. I'm assuming that's not done, by the way. But for now, trying to establish him as the babyface, he's his own thing. Forget about the Undisputed Era. He's his own entity. Um and the promo weren't bad. It just it was just a bit generic to me, right? Like yeah. the whole, you know, I'm gonna keep fighting or whatever, you know, whatever. Um, I enjoyed it more from both aspects when Cameron Grimes got there. I felt yeah. Kyle was better opposite Cameron Grimes. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like his personality came out more. He was better bouncing off someone rather than speaking to camera, in my opinion. Um Cameron Grimes is great. And yeah, and then it's set up. Uh, we might as well talk about it while we're here. The mat, the the, the uh, subsequent match from this promo was also very, very good. I mean, Carlo Riley doesn't have bad matches, but uh, yeah, I, I I liked seeing Cameron Grimes in this kind of spot where he can actually do something because, from a character perspective, the guy is hilarious. The gimmick really does work for him, uh, and just to see him kind of get that spot. It, it worked for me. It it worked all ends, right? Cameron Grimes, well-utilized. Kyle O'Reilly, nice kind of development of his character. Yeah, it, it was a dual type of goal with this matchup in elevating Cameron Grimes to make him seem like that guy that's right on the cuffs, at least, like the upper mid-card kind of heel that he is. And he it was a really good matchup to kind of a strong way to close the show. But more than anything, it solidified that Kyle O'Reilly is the new top babyface. 
Finn Balor has been defeated by Karrion Cross. There's a role to be filled, and Kyle O'Reilly has to fill that role. I agree with you. Him talking directly to the camera, that babyface role of kind of being the opening promo, didn't work with me. He's He's got a quirky type of charisma to him, so mm-hmm. the cool Kyle stuff does work, but it works better when he's interacting with somebody, as we saw with Cameron Grimes. So I like the, the more establishing of the top rope knee drop of his finisher. It's an old school finisher, you know, shouts out to Harley Race or God bless to Harley Race. We haven't seen it as a finisher since him, really, or uh, I guess you can count Jerry the King Lawler because it's more knees than fists when he does the fist drop. But yeah, but really, it's since since Harley Race, we've seen a top rope knee drop be a finisher, and Kyle O'Reilly's establishing very well, so I'm ready for him and Karrion Cross. I think that's a, a nice you know, progression for Cross to be in there with someone like Kyle O'Reilly who can give him another really good match to follow up from his really good match as strong uh, stand and deliver against Finn Balor. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and that's the smart thing to do with Karen Cross, right? You partner in with the guys that you know are going to give him a good match. Not that he's a bad worker, right? But like, I just feel like the first few prominent spots he was put in um, not didn't deliver. They're just underwhelmed for what people thought. So the Balor one was a great step. Kyle O'Reilly doesn't have bad matches. You got Pete Dunne thereafter. You know, you just got a ton of guys you can go, right, line them up and you're going to get great matches. Um, the 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 stare down between Cross and, and Bordeaux and Kyle O'Reilly prior to the match tells you everything you need to know. That's the direction we're going in. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm down for O'Reilly and Cross. I, I, I assume that Cross would keep it, but there you go. Uh, moving on, we had LA Knight and Dexter Loomis squaring off. Now, <laughs> at the <laughs> at the heart of the Dexter Loomis story, right, is is the way basically, and Indy Hartwell and that kind of ongoing love saga where they kind of almost kissed this week, um, but the way like dragged her away. Um, yeah, uh, it, so basically, at LA Knight. I mean, I was kind of surprised LA Knight got the win, but at the same time, he kind of needs it because it's early doors. Um, what did you make of all of that? I mean, I'm happy LA Knight got the win, but yeah, I really want to like this Dexter Loomis <laughs> and Indy Hartwell stuff, but they're not doing a very good job of making me like it. Like, they're making me actively not like this storyline. I feel like anyone who feuds with the way becomes the worst baby face around. You know, Dexter Loomis has been one of the worst choices of a babyface I've seen NXT uh, make. He's he's leaning more into the babyface role now, but then you got Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart jumping Candice LeRae because Candice LeRae had the audacity to say she's challenging for the women's tag team title. She didn't insult them. She didn't even say anything, and they jumped her. Like, how are they baby faces? What type of show is going? Sometimes NXT, like, I once they're in the ring, when the bell rings, it's a great show to watch. But yeah. when you try to do angles and promos, unless it's Cameron Grimes, I'm really, I scratch my head a lot on NXT. Yeah, I mean, when was the last time you had, like, a great promo in NXT? Um, like... And I don't, I don't, I don't mean that like specifically. I mean like somebody who is basically fabled for their promos because it really is like the workhorse show, right? So yeah, I would say Champa's the best, the most consistent mm, of yeah. anybody on the show. For the, for the record, Loomis and uh, and Knight was was a fairly good match. I thought. Yeah. Um, I really like the transitions, like where 
um, Loomis is downed. He's really good at like getting people into submissions and stuff like that. I, I like that. But um, yeah, the story, I, I like the way as well in in the in their quirkiness and like how funny yeah. Gargano is because he needed a fresh counter paint. Gargano did. Um, and I think he does it, do it very well. And Austin Theory also plays like the dumb sidekick pretty well as yeah. well. Um, yeah. You just got to wonder where they're really going with all of this. This is, I mean, this is dragged on long already, this Loomis yeah. way thing. So not sure what the end goal is. Uh, Io Shirai is taking time off. Apparently that's what she tells Beth Phoenix. And she was inter- interrupted by Frankie Monet, AKA Taylor Valkyrie, who said, I'll take your spot, basically. <laughs> Let me in. I'll take it. Don't worry about it. I'll get to the top of the women's division, which I guess is a nice way to kind of establish her to anyone who doesn't know her. Like, okay, this is somebody important straight away. Yeah, I think it was a great role for her to kind of establish that she's a heel here. And that's always been the role she kind of is just perfect at and she just gets over very well. And she was very cocky. And I like the interaction between Io Shirai and her. I felt like that was the strongest part of this segment because this segment came off kind of weird. Like it came yeah. off like punishment for EO. Like here, sit sit down and watch you losing the title. Drop the title. Get out of here. <laughs> Here, Hit here. the bricks. Here, watch it back. You don't you don't remember how 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 you lost the title here. Hey, show let me show you how you won the title. Like what? I, I was like confused by that. And then when, mm. when Frankie Monet came in, I liked the interaction. I liked Io Shirai saying I like cats. That was that was the, <laughs> the, the, the perfect response to Frankie Monet. So I, I'm gonna and that match should be awesome. So I hope yeah. that it gets a lot of time when it does happen. Good dialogue. Um here's a quick question. Is Io Shirai putting her over on the way out? I think so. I, I think, do too. I think that's her last her last duty as the, the the ace of the women's division is to put over who can potentially become the last the next ace in uh Frankie Monet. So I could see that happening. And Frankie yeah. Monet is a good choice. Let it be known, nine times out of ten, that is how you leave NXT. Yes. Right. Look at Riddle, look at Keith Lee. Nine times out of ten, you're putting someone over on the way out. Um Unless you're Asuka or Shayna Baszler, I guess. But I mean, even Shayna Baszler put real. Yeah, so she did. just Asuka then. Uh, but you know, I couldn't hate that though. What a great story that was at the time. Anyway, moving along uh, NXT, we then had the Grizzled Young Veterans and Brizango. Brizango inexplicably uh, decided they were British <laughs> and and came out like the Queen's Guards, um, which obviously Zach Gibson didn't like, did he? No. Um, it was it was a match. Um, Grizzled Young Veterans look good at what they are. You know, it's very methodical, good teamwork. I know that sounds elementary for a tag team, but they are very good at making it make sense with distractions and whatnot. Um, the main one being, I think uh, Drake is on the ropes trying to sort himself out. Gibson comes, blah, blah, blah. That leads to the finish. Yeah. Um, so again, it really, ju- it just furthers the story that Grizzly Young Veterans are still very much in the mix, right? They fell to MSK in the Dusty Classic. They fell to them in the tag title match, but by no means are they going away. So it seems like that is the direction. We're finally going to get 
those two teams one-on-one, but for the tag belts. Yeah, this otherwise would have felt like filler, but I saw it more as, you know, further establishing that the Grizzle Young veterans are like the top heel tag team or the, or the soon-to-be number one contenders to MSK. So I enjoyed it for what it was. I, I love Zach Gibson. He's like, he's always been one of my favorite, like out of the UK in general, just on the mic, just his ability to get heat is just perfect. I want to see him in front of a big crowd again. So I hope he stays on NXT and they eventually become the tag team champions. Bring your slip-on shoes when Zach yeah. Gibson's in the house. I'll tell you that much. It's great, honestly. The the I was at the Royal Abbott Hall. Um, God, is that two years ago now? Jesus. Um, when so you know when Mustache Mountain beat Undisputed Era for the tag titles. Yeah, and he he was there that night as well. And it's just like, get your shoes off if you hate Zach Gibson. What a great <laughs> chant! What a great chant! Or James Drake is. He's got his whole face on his ass. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Ass face. Anyway, um, moving along in NXT, we had Saray make her debut. Um, Zoe Stark basically confronted her in the car park while William Regal, um, in, you know, welcomed her to NXT. First day. Zoe Stark didn't even let her in the goddamn door. She said, do you want a match tonight? And uh, Regal was like, uh, yeah, why not? Um so it was a nice introduction for Saray. Like it wasn't, um, I mean, the match obviously isn't a long one or overly meaningful one. Hasn't got anything in between it, but what you could tell is that Saray is very good, right? That, that much is clear. She has a very interesting moveset, full of charisma, like, uh, the, the Joshis are pretty much famed for at this point. Uh, give her time and it's going to be a great addition. Yeah, I think it was a good choice of putting her in there with Zoe Stark. I think they had a very solid matchup. It uh, put over Sarai in the uh, in the end, and hopefully they, you know, they pull through on this push for her because they're giving her a lot of hype by the comparisons yeah. to Nakamura, Asuka, Io Shirai, Kyrie Sane. Like you see the lineage with Japanese stars coming into NXT, but she can easily become Hito Atami or <laughs> like, it's like, it's like you, you, you name it all the good ones. You're not mentioning the Kashida has been here for two years and we just yeah. gave her a title. Like, it's like, you do have a history. It of really also. stings for you to put Kenta <laughs> in that category. It really does. It, it, I, I love Kenta. I'm talking mm. about Hito Atami. <laughs> ah, yeah. What they all made right, him, right. what they all made right. him. With the, the creation they made did not pay off very well in NXT. So no, just got to call true. it like it is. That's true. Uh, yeah, it was a good match. Was, and I, I like what they're doing with Zoe Stark as well, who is kind of like keeps rubbing shoulders with the top talent. Can't quite get there yet. Presumably they will, you know, there'll be some kind of character change that takes her to the next level, right? That somehow then she finds her way over the top. Um, but right now it seems like Tony Storm is going to be the perfect foil for her. They're going to renew hostilities, it seems, uh, if, if the post-match stuff is anything to go by. So I think there's a lot of upside in Zoe Stark. I really do. Um, so I hope that they kind of continue on that path. Um, I mean, there's so many great women in NXT. So they're sport for choice. They really are. Uh, it's worth bringing up this ultra chat from Projection 2K. My man. Candace tipped Ember's cup into her face. That's why they fought her. Uh, also, why isn't Champer in the title picture? Doesn't he want Goldie back? I think they're correcting you from earlier, SB3. They could have they a one-on-one want... -on -one fight. Could... Ember, Ember should be the one that's mad. They don't jump her for tipping a cup. Tipping a cup. Oh, that's oh, that's way of reason to get jumped, you know? Like, come on. Seriously? 
Did Listen, you, anyone see you, you tip a cup on the street, you're getting it. SP3. Oh by the whole, by the whole gang? Like, yeah. oh my god, this this gang life. The whole crew. The, the whole, whole crew. crew. The whole crew came out. They had knives and everything. Like, shoot. Oh my god. Ember and Shotzi, they look like gang. They 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 look like gang. They do by jumping her. Like, come on. Yeah. Um. Still. Uh. Also, projection two K says. Um, why isn't Champa in the title picture? Doesn't he want Goldie back? Do you know what? We, we've kind of had little teasers already, but Champa would be a great foil for Cross. Um, although I'm not like, I'm not huge on Champa becoming this, like, because obviously he's, we've just done it with Walter. So yeah. I don't necessarily want him to have the same role, but with Cross, where he's just like, grizzled but hard to beat but they beat him i think it would mean less if they did it right now after you basically told that story with alter um but that definitely is someone again like we were going along the line earlier right champer is somebody you would put in that line but remember carrie and cross that was the first person he beat at a takeover exactly in your house so you can't go back to that because champa really hasn't ever recovered from that like he came back i don't know if anybody remembers but champa was healed for like three weeks yeah, I, I, I tried to make it like floss over it. Like that never happened. Don't don't remember. But I remembered it today. I was like, Chapa was healed for like three weeks. Remember when he jumped Jake Atlas and then he was in the fatal four way. He was still being a heel. But then he just stopped being a heel when he got to Timothy Thatcher and just he just forgot about it. You know what? And while we're on that, that last week they were like, yeah, Champa and Thatcher were like, yeah, we want to come for the tag titles, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't where, even mention it on this show. Where are they? Also, like. They were almost, maybe it was in my head, but they were like teasing the history between Thatcher and Volta, right? Like almost leading into that match. Nothing. Just Champer and Thatcher are friends again. All right. Okay. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I like Thatcher and Champer as friends, but it was just a bit like, oh, okay then. Yeah, because oh. we still got Imperium on the show and they're just beating down on Everrise. Instead of they were, I thought they were getting a feud with Champer and Thatcher. I thought that was, that, that was where they were going with that. But now they seem to be feuding with Dane and uh, Maverick, which seems like a downgrade to me. But Yeah, I'm not sure how that moves, pushes things forward, but there you go. Um, then we had Kushida and Oni Lorcan. I like this match very much. Um, they got time. It was uh, really, really well executed, like Lorcan as well. Um, you know, we haven't seen a ton of him because... Danny Birch got injured, and obviously there was an attack team before that. But he reminded everyone here, like the good technical wrestler that he is as well, which actually played into Kushida perfectly. Um, and then afterwards, we've got Legado del Fantasma trying to ambush Kushida, which has led us now we know we're going to get a six-man next week. Like, wow, NXT actually in advance telling you matches. Like, wow, okay. So I'm very happy with that. Um, so Kushida, MSK versus Legado del Fantasma. That look, that looks. So anyway, my point here is great match led into building another great match. I- I'm happy. Yeah, I think this was the most effective segment of the entire show. We got a banger from Kashida and Oni Lorkin, which I think that is not talked about enough. Oni Lorkin is one of the most consistent bangers on NXT. You give him yeah. like 10, 12 minutes with somebody and he consistently delivers. He still, in my opinion, has one of Drew McIntyre's best matches since he's returned to WWE in his first NXT match against Oni Lorkin. And he brought some of that energy here. And I just think that if they continue on this course, they need to just have Kushida do the open challenge. Have him go out there, have 10 minutes and deliver these bangers with, you know, guys under 205, 
bring in like an Austin Gray, a Tony Nese. I don't mind seeing him in the ring with these guys and, you know, defending the title. It builds up prestige for the Cruiserweight Championship. Honestly, I wanted Kushida to win the North American title and bring back prestige to that title because I don't know if anybody realized it hasn't had prestige since they did the Leon Ruff uh, run. Like, they still haven't really built up their prestige for that yet. But the Cruiserweight title, this is a good way to kind of build it up because it really hasn't gotten that much attention. And I think Kushida can bring it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the rest of the show, we can surmise fairly quickly. Um, the obvious direction is Mercedes Martinez is going to be taking on Raquel Gonzalez for the women's title at some stage. Um, to me, that just screams like, you know, it's going to be a banger to big women. Mercedes Martinez is the veteran who will obviously put over Raquel Strong to start off the reign. Seems like a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah, I, I I like the where they're going with that because Mercedes Martinez is a is a different type of challenger for Raquel Gonzalez. It can give us more of the the feel of those Raquel Rhea matches. So I like it. Yeah, me too. Um, we've already established that Imperium beat down Everrise, and that's le- that led to something that's going on with Killian Dane and Drake Maverick. I'm assuming you know it's Alexander Wolf and Dane obviously used to be in um Sanity. Sanity together. It's okay that you don't remember because it seems like the announcers don't either because they don't mention that. Like they they want yeah. to, to realize that they have this history together, but they don't want to mention the history. Why? Yeah, why they know each other? Because like that was the thing at ringside today uh, when Drake's going for Wolf, Dane stops him, but then Wolf doesn't attack Dane. Right? That's yeah. like the the that's the the pertinent point there. There obviously is history. They're friends. But no, it's not explained why. Probably because half of the you know talent are elsewhere now that were in the thing. But like they haven't really broken that down yet. It's kind of teasing. Like maybe Dane will go to the dark side. But then I don't uh, I don't know what they're where they're going with that. But either way, that's the story it's heading towards. And then we spoke about Kyler Riley and Cameron Grimes. So yeah, overall a solid show. Um, yeah. from eight eight thousand eight hundred thousand last week. Hopefully they stick around that number, you know, if not trend up upwards a little bit. I like I'm I'm digging where NXT is at the moment. I just hope I just there's a, for every story that I'm really into, there's a couple that I'm a bit like, ah, they just need to put those pieces together. Yeah, I just want I just want a little bit more sizzle. They they got the they got the steak with the wrestling, but they don't have any sizzle. There's no stories that really captivate me or that are getting me in, but the wrestling is all silent. And like I said, Kashina and Lorkin was the match of the night for me. But I think that the ratings are going to be down this week because they didn't advertise matches in advance. I feel like this week did a better job of, you know, building up. To Setting that. us up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we're going to finish the show um, by talking. Well, I mean, there's an ultra chat here that we need to get to first from uh, WrestleScope. And then we're going to talk Steve Austin. So uh, Daily Boys is- Congrats to Ronda. Did you guys see Jeremy Lambert's tweet about Charlotte? Would be ironic if it happened. Can't wait for Cameron Grimes and Ted DiBiase on TV together. How soon till Dakota turns on Raquel? Russell Scope Jr. says, hey, guys. Hey, Russell Scope Jr. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen the tweet from Jeremy Lambert, which I will search out now. Uh, DiBiase, though, and Grimes, is uh, I like it. I, I very much like that. I, I love when WWE builds to cameos. This is like yeah. the perfect build. They, they, they're just building it up every single time he wants to get something. Ted DiBiase is the one that outbids him. It's just it's just funny, and his reactions are awesome. Cameron Grimes is the best character on NXT. He needs to be on the show every week, please. 
<laughs> Jeremy Lambert goes, WWE gonna watch Charlotte get pregnant during a fake suspension. <laughs> <laughs> Turn it around on him. Absolutely. That's very after all of that, imagine. That'd be <laughs> tremendous. What an underrated tweet that is from old Jezza. Um, who was great, by the way. If you guys didn't see it last Friday, it was myself, Jeremy Lambert, and Gary Cassidy. Uh, as a, a triple threat on the Friday. Check it out if you haven't. This Friday will be my TalkSport co-host, Will Gavin, will be joining me uh, on Friday. So you'll get a slice of the radio, but in the flesh. Um, let's talk Steve Austin, right? Um, now, we say debate. When I first started my interview career, um, I used to do a lot of generic questioning that you could use socially, i.e., if you could build a perfect wrestler, like who would, you know, whose strength would you use and whose height, like, you know, crap like yeah. that. Um, Frankenstein, I think we called it. Uh, one of the recurring ones, of course, is Mount Rushmore. I would say nine times out of 10, I remember one particular day that Kalisto, Austin Aries and Seth Rollins all said, Flair, Rock, Hogan, Austin. That was their, all three of them said it. I, I started to think, is this a, fucking company directive like what's going on um but the more you think about it very very hard to argue that for yeah um now i would make an argument that steve austin is at the absolute top of that four and that's difficult because a i love the rock <laughs> like till death the rock is my guy um but you can also make the argument of hulk hogan right and he like kind of he helped create WrestleMania and thus without Hulk Hogan and that run is Steve Austin have a platform or, you know, the space to do what he does, eh, you know, but then that argument could go back and back like Sam Martino. And I, you know, I think for those who did what they did in this, in this, in their era, yeah, nobody pushed the needle further or to a hotter point than Steve Austin. Now that point you can't actually argue. No one can. Because in terms of pay-per-view buys, TV ratings, merchandise sales, nobody has done more than Steve Austin. That is an undisputable fact. He is the box office king of pro wrestling. Nobody can actually say different, which is crazy. Um, of course, he was in an era that had a lot of great supporting cast. Like the main event scene was unbelievable. Um, and if you don't have The Rock or Vincent Mann as a foil, right? You know, all of these things matter. My my, where I'm going at with this SB3 is for you. Where do you see Steve Austin on that legacy? Because when you watch the documentary, it's almost like you know, and he had three or four great years, and then his puffy was gone. That's almost how it felt. Like everyone was like, you know, and it took him ages to get there, red hot, and then he was gone because he had to retire. Right? I feel like he has a much more profound, lasting impact than that, and like. And again, I'm not trying to say this with rose-tinted glasses because I was a kid who fell in love with wrestling. But his time on top is arguably the greatest time in wrestling history. You could make that argument. So yeah. where do you see him fitting in amongst all of that? And his, like, I guess if we're trying to say who is the number one GOAT, like, where do you see his claim against? Although I thought the A&E biography was really good, I felt like we were robbed because <laughs> Austin is Michael Jordan. So we needed a last dance for Austin. We, yeah. need, we needed a whole episode talking about WCW. 
we we don't need a whole episode on ECW. It could be ECW to him coming to WWF in yeah. one episode. His whole ringmaster until Bret Hart says, I choose you when he returns. Because that was one key of the, the biography. I'm just like, Bret chose him. Like, it wasn't it wasn't the Austin 316 promo and then straight to the moon. No, it was the Austin 316 promo. And then WWE didn't know what to do with them. They, they had him on the free-for-all at SummerSlam against Yokozuna. And he only won because Yokozuna fell off the top ropes, like at WrestleMania. <laughs> so, so yeah, like they didn't know what to do until Brett said, "I choose him." So they could have broke down like his whole career over a, a six-part series, like they did with like Last Dance. But Austin is the goat because I, the best analogy that I came up with when I thought about Austin being Michael Jordan is that Flair and Hogan are Magic and Bird. And, and, you know, not everybody's going to understand the analogy, not everybody's basketball fans, but Magic and Bird elevated basketball to a certain level. But then Michael Jordan came up and then took it straight through the roof to a level that is it it will always be at. And it's the number one basketball industry company. It's one of the biggest sports or organizations in the world. That's what Austin did with WWF. Like Hogan and, and player brought wrestling to a certain level in the 80s. And then it got down. It, it went down for a while because Hogan got stale. Flair ran out of opponents. Flair was hopping back and forth, you know. And it's worth noting at that point, right? We've got Michaels. We've got prime Brett Hart. We've yeah. got prime Kevin Nash. Um, all of these guys, I hate to say it, floundering as yeah. WWE champion by any metric. Just because, And it's not their fault. It's not yeah. indicative of their talent. But it was like a cartoon business right that people didn't want yeah like and it was at a period where you had to have like this certain look this certain appeal to you where someone like a Shawn michaels he's not big enough to be viewed as that type of star bret hart he's not charismatic enough to be viewed at that star so they needed stone cold stone cold was kind of the guy that used both guys both of those guys to elevate him to that level where he could take wwf and wwe has never left from the number one position that Austin put them at. That's what makes him the GOAT, is that he brought WWE to the number one spot in professional wrestling, and they never left. They never left. They put two companies out of business, and it took 20 years for them to be another company in North America, and all of that could be directly attributed to the success of Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's the GOAT. Yeah, I'm a rock fan. I'm like you, but Stone Cold's the GOAT. Yeah, he is. He is. And that's another thing. Like, I, I always say it for gritted teeth because I'm not that I don't, you know, I was a fan of Austin too. Like, it's not painful for me to be like, he's the best. Um, but I just think his impact is so profound. Like, The Rock, um, the thing I love about The Rock is, oh man, well, it's nine o'clock. Um, the thing I love about The Rock is what him and Triple H managed to accomplish when Austin was off. In 2000, they proved that it wasn't just the stone cold effect, right? Like they, they, they proved their own colors while he was gone. And I feel like that added great credence to who the rock was. Um, but nothing was ever higher than when Austin was there. His presentation was so beautiful. Like the glass smash, the stunner, the look, like everything that I just said there, like you think, Oh yeah. But like the finisher is like iconic in its era. It still is now uh, the glass smash. It's an iconic thing like that. You don't get a pop, you know, like, Everything, whether intended or not, it all just came together and it created like this, this, this magic that you can't manufacture. And that's the problem with WWE, right? Like I say, it's the problem with them. 
they had so many like that in a short space of time. Even Kurt Angle, they handled him perfectly when he came in, right? But yeah. again, in that time frame, it's like you can't just go, oh, well, why don't you just do what they did there? It doesn't work that way. Like everything that they did was so perfect for that time. And Austin literally ushered it in. He's the guy, right? The, the attitude era isn't what it is if it's just the ex doing dick jokes, right? You need yeah. Austin with the edge, the guy that everyone's like, wow, you know, he's cool when he's like telling this Boston, whatever. Like, um, I, don't, I don't think it could be understated how influential he was for generations to come. And him and him and The Rock, right? They've just set a bar. And I said this on Twitter earlier, like it's a once in a lifetime thing that fans like me, like I, I obviously remember people going, you know, and I've watched them since. Steamboat and Flair. Oh yeah. Like, and, and, and it's great. Right. It's great. Yeah. But Rock and Austin to me, again, it could be age bias. It's the greatest, it's the greatest rivalry in the history of wrestling. Right. Like certainly the most influential, you can make that argument. And it's like, it's never going to be again in our lifetime, probably. There's never been two goats in their prime at the same time. Like we got, we got Hogan at the end of his run in 1992 with Flair in like the the tail end of like, or maybe the middle of his prime because Flair's prime for <laughs> 20 years. <laughs> but forever, the middle yeah. of the middle of Flair's prime versus like the latter half of Hogan's prime, and we never even got it at WrestleMania. While Austin and Rock. We got to see like their entire career. Like Austin went to the stratosphere, and then we got to see the rise of the rock to move up to his spot where they burst at WrestleMania 15. It's a clear one versus two. And then when we get to WrestleMania 17, it's one A one and one B. Yeah. It's 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 who's the number one now? It's not, mm. it's not this is the guy I chose. And that's amazing. Oh, that is so it's, amazing. And that's another thing why I I the, the Brett omission on the biography annoys me because Brett chose. Austin, but Austin chose Rock. Like they talked about Austin choosing Rock, but they didn't talk about who chose who chose uh, Austin. So that mm. annoyed me. But like you said, there will never be like it's like if Michael Jordan played to 2002 and he got to be in the prime of Kobe Bryant. Like we had Kobe yeah. and Jordan at the same time. That's what we got in wrestling with Rock and Austin. It will never happen again. And it's sad that it would never happen again because of how WWE does things, but it's more due to th- these are once in a lifetime type of talents at yeah. the same time. That's what I mean. I feel like when people kind of go, oh, you know, WWE, it's not necessarily their fault, right? Like yeah. there's no one that, that I think has come along and it was like, that guy had everything that The Rock or Austin had, right? Or like the, a character that was so generation defined. Like there's a lot, right? Like a lot of it is that they are just amazing talents. And it's like, man, it just happened at the same time. It's crazy when you think about it. Um, but as <laughs> what I was trying to say on, on Twitter earlier is like that is the kind of rivalries that make you lifelong fans. And then it, unfairly or not, you kind of end up judging everything by the apex. It's like, you know, oh, it could, you know when things were like that. Um, so, you know, things weren't perfect, but man, it was it was just absolutely an incredible time. And that's what I wanted to get through to people. If you go back on the network and watch it chronologically or whatever you want to do, you will appreciate it. It is a magical time in wrestling. Um, but just what I was trying to convey, and SP3, I know we're similar ages, like to be a, like a fan week to week in that time was just insane. Like wrestling was on a level that it was the coolest thing. It was the coolest thing. And and that's oh I wish it was like that again I really do I do I do feel like WWE has broken down a lot of barriers to get into the mainstream more um, just because they're like this big massive company now as opposed to they couldn't be denied 
as it is a difference. Yeah. But um, I do feel like Austin pioneered what wrestling could and should be. Uh, and yeah, it, it's, it's, they set the bar, man. Like that, that to me, it's, it's like by any metric that we discussed, right. During this conversation, how can you not say it's Austin? Yeah, he drew, he, he worked, he had the charisma, he had the character, he had the memorable moments, memorable matches. Like he, he just checks the boxes in too many different ways. Yes. It was a short period of time, but sometimes it's like that when it's the goat. like Michael, Michael Jordan was, was the best player for a decade. That that's very rare. That's very rare. It happens in any type of sport, but Austin's run in WWE where it really started with the WrestleMania 13. Don't listen to the documentary. It wasn't the Austin 316 promo. No matter what WWE and AD want you to believe, it wasn't the Austin 316 promo. It's WrestleMania 13 against Brett. And then from there, just take it all the way up sure. until like the end of the invasion angle. And that's Austin on top. Which, that, which I, they I, skipped I, over. They skipped over yeah. the hill turn at Mania. They were like, yeah, yeah. that was crap. We're not going to talk about that. Yeah. Um, this is a good point from John McNeil here, by the way. Unfortunately, wrestling is not a cool uh, thing for people these days, mostly in part because WWE is primarily for children under the age of nine. It's not cool anymore. That's true. The whole PG era did strip WWE of that, that edginess um, that that is obviously difficult to find. Anyway, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in and chatting with us tonight. Thank you for your ultra chats uh, and your, your company that we enjoy so dearly here on the wrestling daily sp3 you'll be back here next wednesday discussing all nxt and uh things of that nature we'll be debating you know how it goes here um tell the people what you're going to be doing till then man uh you can catch me over on the sports heater wrestling youtube channel following smackdown with rick uccino and wrestling legend dutch mantel as we review smackdown on smack talk so check that out me and my grandpa dutch we have a good time and then you can find me over on the true hill heat youtube channel saturday on our weekly podcast with chrissy love and top guy jj there it is what a what a crew that is i love christy love uh so make sure you support them you support us with your subscribes and your thumbs up i'll be back tomorrow with steph chase talking all things aew just the way she likes it and uh then i'll be here with will gavin on friday so until then guys thank you so much for joining us and have a good night i'm gonna go play cod that's what i'm gonna do bye bye Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.